Chapter 90 The Hunting Party What about the city? He asked. What about it? The hunting party is traveling this way, right? Won't that leave the citizens in its path? He mostly asked this out of concern for Reno, knowing well that by the sounds of it, this massacre-level entity was probably something beyond the likes of Oswell, by a long shot. Vandred scratched his head, the hunting party won't go through a city, not one like Elsa, at least. It's not a mindless entity, they're smart and slippery. They seem to aim for caravans and mostly small groups that re-traveling the roads, not entire cities like that. I see, what happens if it reaches us, then? He asked. By now, he saw out of the corner of his eye that the carriage had rolled through Elsa's back gates, heading into the bare region as thick, forest trees neighbored the dirt road they traveled on now. Vandred stared at him for a moment at this question, if that's the case, we'll stand our ground. Really? If they're as dangerous as you're making them out to be, wouldn't it be better to just run? He asked. It'd be better if it was possible. But, once you're in that fact, you're in their territory. There's no running. The hunting party has yet to be vanquished, but I have heard of adventurers surviving encounters with them, Vandred told him. How? To him, it sounded like the man was contradicting himself between the hunting party never being slain, being inescapable, yet there being survivors. They're knights, inhuman knights, but knights. Even as astral, malicious entities, they seem to have some code of honor, still, as useless as something like that is, Vandred explained, apparently if you provide a good fight, they'll go on their way. That doesn't sound too bad, then, he smiled wryly. Until you realize only a handful of people have survived and all were strong, capable fighters. Most of the time, victims are found as headless corpses, abandoned in bloodied fields, Vandred told him. It almost felt like the dreary man was trying to intentionally scare him, which wasn't helped by the gloomy atmosphere present within the black carriage, but he knew Vandred wasn't the type of person to pull his leg. We'll avoid shortcuts and going off-road, we'd end up right in the sights of the hunting party if we did so, Vandred informed him. Got it, he nodded. Just sit back and relax, kid. We'll probably be fine, Vandred half-heartedly assured him. Probably. Want me to lie? Vandred looked at him. Fair enough. Vandred pulled out a large map, likely acquired within Elza, it was unraveled to a length that made it awkward to hold. We'll be passing through Cerulea Forest next, tricky territory, Vandred said. I've read about that forest. I think father talked about going through there a couple times. It's the largest forest in the world, right? I've heard it rivals kingdoms, he said, resting his cheek on his hand, how come it's tricky? Cerulea is a demi-human inhabited land. It's mostly for more traditional kinds, strong and protective of their territory, Vandred explained. Oh, demi-humans, huh? After that, we'll ride through the calm plains, through the mountains, great lakes, and pass through Larendog. Vasmoria isn't very far after that, Vandred explained. While their journey through Milligard resumed earlier than expected, he laid across the seat, getting comfortable as he used his cape as a pillow. Laying there, he touched the ring that Reno had given him before their departure. Calm before the storm, huh? He thought. It was difficult to find his way to the land of dreams with the prospect of fog bringing, man-hunting night spirits looming around the region, but he did feel a certain sense of safety around Vandred. Even if the man was abrasive and less than sociable, he was reliable, at the very least. This, hunting party, thing sounds pretty scary, honestly. I just hope it doesn't target us, he thought. Somehow, he did manage to fall asleep. After spending a majority of the day with Reno, filling his stomach and exploring the city, his body achieved some much-needed rest. However, this was only a reprieve so breath that it passed like the breath of the wind. Thud. 
A jarring sound caused his eyes to shoot open. What immediately filled his ears was the sound of the carriage wheels rapidly turning. It was moving fastly. Huh. He sat up. As he rubbed his eyes, sitting up, he saw Vandred standing up, positioned by the window with two large knives drawn. There was an intense, focused, but anxious look in the man's platinum eyes. Vandred. He said. The man was delved into such focus that it almost seemed like he didn't hear him, but he kept his gaze past the window while responding, be ready. It's here. For a moment, he was left confused, thrown into the situation right out of the gates from slumber as the carriage swiftly pulled over a bumpy pathway, rocking violently. But, glancing at the window, he realized what it was that was happening, the fog. There was no doubt about it, the fog was as thick as pea soup, obscuring their surroundings completely. It's here. The hunting paw. Before he could even say it, Vandred covered his mouth with aggressive swiftness, much to his confusion. He looked at the man. Vandred quietly whispered, do not use its true name. Try not to even think about it. Acknowledging their existence will bring them to our location. He slowly nodded, which allowed the pragmatic man to remove his hand from his mouth, leaving him silent as they stood in the fastly moving carriage. Though looking at Vandred, he could tell the man was hesitant to say what he was about to say, and he sorely wished that the words didn't leave the man's mouth. I have to fight, Vandred told him. I know you said that, but is that really the only way? He asked. As soon as he asked that, an object slammed against the carriage with such force that it nearly caused it to topple over, an arrow. It was a single arrow, though by all means a large one, seeing the impact it carried with it was daunting as it was sticking in through the back of the transportation device. He looked on. That's why I have to fight. We won't be able to escape it, Vandred told him, don't worry. You'll be safe if you wait in here. With a snap of his fingers, Vandred commanded the carriage to stop moving as it pulled to a stop from its rapid speed, now leaving them in a terrifying silence. He could tell only partially through the window, but through the small bits he could see through the fog, they were already in a forest. Don't die. He said. Vandred opened the door to the carriage, revealing the sight of abundant fog past its entrance, unfortunately, that's not going to happen today. 